Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet Oncology podcast. I'm Lan Lan Smith and in this month's podcast we'll be discussing a study published in the Lancet Oncology today, the 1st of May, on the discovery of a novel type of lesion in Lynch syndrome, crypt foci which appear largely normal phenotypically but lack expression of mismatch repair proteins. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Matthias Klor, one of the lead authors of this study, from University Hospital Heidelberg in Heidelberg, Germany. Good afternoon, Dr. Klor. Many thanks for talking to the Lancet Oncology. Good afternoon. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to talk to you. So, Lynch syndrome is a genetically inherited condition where individuals are born with a mutation in a mismatch repair gene and have a high risk of developing colorectal cancer. However, the biological pathways behind how cancer develops from Lynch syndrome remains unclear. Tell us a little about the background of your study. Lynch syndrome, as you said, is one of the most common forms of inherited cancer syndromes and maybe the most common form with about one out of 350 people affected. One typical feature of uh, inherited cancer syndromes in general is the so-called two-hit model by Alfred Knudsen. And uh, this model says that you are born with one mutation in one allele of a certain gene, in this case the mismatch repair gene, and during the life you will acquire second mutations that silence the still functional allele. And this is not only true for Lynch syndrome, but for many other inherited cancer syndromes as well. And the striking feature clinically of Lynch syndrome is that there was no sign of polyposis. So people that have a mutation in mismatch repair genes do not develop a high number of polyps during their life. And this is in sharp contrast to, for example, the familial adenomatous polyposis, the FAP, where people have hundreds of polyps in their colorectum. And this striking difference actually in the history, in the 1960s, when Henry Lynch really came back to the idea of this syndrome, cast doubt on the true inherited nature of the syndrome. And people said, hey, there is no polyposis, so this cannot be an inherited syndrome, in fact, because that pre-cancer form, this polyp that ultimately leads to cancer development, is just not there. And it has been unknown whether there are just no second gene inactivating events in Lynch syndrome or whether they are there and do not lead to a clinically visible alteration. And um, this was actually the starting point together with some observations we made in last years on the phenotype of Lynch syndrome patients. Maybe we can talk about that later. And therefore set out to systematically study non-tumorous mucosa from Lynch syndrome mutation carriers and look whether there are molecular changes indicative of second gene inactivating hits. Fascinating. So how did you undertake this study? We, as I said, have a long-lasting research activity in the field of Lynch syndrome. And um, in our institution, there are several resection specimens archived as paraffin-embedded blocks. And together with uh, Hendrik Blecker, who is very interested in the very early morphology signs of transformation in intestinal cancer development, we set out to systematically study these archival specimens of uh, non-tumorous mucosa from Lynch syndrome mutation carriers for loss of mismatch repair protein expression. So people that have a germline mutation in one of the mismatch repair genes were tested by immunohistochemistry to see whether there were certain regions in the normal mucosa that showed signs of a second hit that then led 
to loss of mismatch repair protein expression. Loss of mismatch repair protein expression is a typical sign of Lynch syndrome-associated cancer, and we were just asking, does that happen independent from cancer development already in the normal appearance mucosa? That was the starting point of the study from the methodology point of view. So you took samples from Lynch patients and also those who had normal sporadic colorectal cancer and compared the normal mucosa for expression of mismatch repair proteins. So please tell us about your key findings. Our striking key finding was that we actually detected lesions that did not look altered in any way. We just found single crypts in the colon that looked normal, as you said in the introduction, but lacked expression of mismatch repair proteins. And when we quantified that, we found that the predicted frequency of these lesions that we called mismatch repair deficient crypt focus is predicted to be very high. It is about one lesion per square centimeter. That means about six lesions per square inch. And on a patient level, then that means that's uh, more than 1,000 lesions about 10,000 lesions in the whole intestine. And that was truly unexpected and um, showed us that there may be really some much higher frequency of uh, second mismatch pair gene inactivating hits than anticipated. Moreover, we characterized the molecular phenotype of these lesions, extracted DNA from these lesions, and tested whether mismatch pair deficiency that was suggested by the lack of mismatch pair protein expression was already becoming apparent on a molecular level. Usually, mismatch pair deficiency induces a high number of mutations and predominantly mutations at repetitive sequences of the genome. This is microsatellites, and we checked whether there were length alterations at microsatellites, a phenotype that we call microsatellite instability. And in fact, we found in the lesions that we could test for molecular alterations, already clear signs of mismatch repair deficiency and microsatellite instability. So I guess the surprising finding really is these mismatch repair deficient CRIPS occurred so frequently, but of course, not all of these CRIPS will go on to develop cancer. So what do you think this tells us about how cancer develops in these individuals? This is the really interesting point, and um, that's also the direction of further studies, of course. This first tells us, if you look at the lifetime risk of developing colorectal cancer and Lynch syndrome, which is currently estimated to be about 50%, and the observed frequency of lesions, let's say it's more than 1,000, there is a huge discrepancy. And this huge discrepancy, we do not know actually what happens, but it is highly likely that the occurrence of mismatch repair deficiency opens up a field of Darwinian selection where the right mutations have to come together in the right combination in the right timely order so that a lesion can really progress from a mismatch repair deficient crypt focus to cancer. And we actually do not know whether this happens at all or whether there is an independent mechanism of mismatch repair deficient cancer development. As I said, this matter of future studies. But our findings suggest that the cancer formation process is extremely ineffective in Lynch syndrome 
And the initiating steps are highly frequent, but the transformation to invasive cancer is not so frequent, probably because it requires a number of the right mutations and probably because there are several control mechanisms that might, if this combination occurs, still eliminate potentially transformed clones. And we're just thinking of apoptosis mechanisms or senescence mechanisms that become activated if oncogenes become activated or tumor suppressor genes are knocked down by microsatellite instability. This might play a role. And one other thing that is very interesting is that the immune system seems to play an important role in determining the natural course of mismatch repair deficient cancers and also determining the course of the natural history of a Lynch syndrome patient. Picking up on the immunoediting feature, would you like to elaborate on that, please? We have uh, performed many studies in recent years in our group on the immunophenotype of microsatellite instability. And we were able to identify key antigens that are probably related to the occurrence of mismatch repair deficient cells. And previously we thought this is tumor-specific antigens. Now we think it's mismatch repair deficiency-specific antigens rather. The mechanism behind this is that mismatch repair deficiency induces insertion or deletion mutations in microsatellites located in gene encoding regions. And as a consequence, you get shifts of the translational reading frame of the respective genes, and then you get generation of frame shift peptides that are usually not made in normal body cells, but they are made if mismatch repair deficiency occurs. And we could show that people with microsatellite unstable cancers show immune responses that are specifically recognizing these frame shift peptide sequences. And one striking finding that also stimulated research on the mismatch repair deficient CRIP foci was that we also found specific immune responses against frame shift peptides in healthy Lynch syndrome mutation carriers that had not been reported with any form of a clinically detectable tumor. So we were speculating that there are some cell clones that already showed mismatch repair deficiency but were not cancers, and as we now know, there are, in fact, these foci that are likely the cause of these immune responses. So we believe that there may be some kind of auto-vaccination that means that recurrent events of mismatch repair deficiency might stimulate the immune system towards recognizing frameshift peptide antigens and that these immune responses may be protective and prevent outgrowth of clinically manifest tumors. But again, this is a matter of future research, and we cannot prove this at the current time point. What about Lynch syndrome cancers that show that they still are mismatch repair proficient? How does that fit into your framework? The frequency of cancers occurring in Lynch syndrome mutation carriers that are still mismatch repair proficient is very low in the colorectum, and it's estimated to be less than 1 or 2%, and I only saw 1 or 2 cancers that actually were mismatch repair proficient and were from a Lynch syndrome mutation carrier. But what is there, and what is quite frequent, is that there are adenomatous polyps that grow in Lynch syndrome mutation carriers and still retain mismatch repair proficiency. And in our view, this suggests 
that there are two independent ways, potentially, of tumor development in Lynch syndrome. The one that is started by initiation of mismatch repair deficiency, going via the mismatch repair deficient crypt focus, and then developing into a lesion that has the potential to get cancer. And the second way is initiated probably by adenoma formation, mismatch repair proficient adenoma formation, like in sporadic colorectal cancer development, and then as a secondary event, inactivation of mismatch repair system. So in this view, we would again think that the induction of mismatch repair deficiency is, again, just speeding up the speed of evolutionary development and therefore might occur as an initiative event or as a secondary event and then explain formation of mismatch repair deficient cancers in Lynch syndrome. Very interesting. So there's obviously a lot of biological significance behind your work. What direction do you see future research in this area going? I think one very important feature is that we seem to have the opportunity of studying very, very early steps of colorectal cancer development now directly in human samples. And Actually, we have a model system that might be valid not only for Lynch syndrome, but that might be valid for solid cancer development in general. We can really look into key events of transformation. We can identify key genes, potentially, that might contribute to progression of a lesion that is inconspicuous in the beginning to an adenoma and then to invasive cancer. And by molecular studies on these, uh, genes, uh, we may be able to predict which are the key events that are required for the process of malignant transformation. And with respect to Lynch syndrome, it is very important to focus the research on prevention mechanisms that can be taken. Currently, you have the surveillance by annual colonoscopy, and there are several studies suggesting that there may be tools of preventing cancer effectively in Lynch syndrome. And one is the application of aspirin, as shown in the CAP2 trial, where aspirin really reduces significantly the risk of colorectal cancer development in Lynch syndrome individuals. Another approach is vaccination against frameshift peptide antigens, and our group has launched a clinical trial in the adjuvant setting in microcellular unstable colorectal cancer patients just some months ago, and the plans are to apply vaccination with frameshift peptide antigens also for the prevention of cancer outgrowth in Lynch syndrome. And looking at that, if you have these preventive studies, it may be extremely interesting to look whether the prevalence of mismatch repair deficient crypt foci changes upon application of aspirin or vaccination with frameshift peptide vaccination uh, antigens and to see whether there is an effect already at that level before any clinical lesion develops. Fascinating work, Dr. Clore. Thank you very much for talking to us at the Lancet Oncology today, and I wish you the best of luck on your future research. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. I encourage everyone to take a look at this article and other content available on our website. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.